Over the past 10 years, a period some AI researchers have begun referring to as a golden decade, there's been a wave of progress in many areas of AI research, fueled by the rise of techniques like deep learning and the advent of specialized hardware for running huge computationally intensive AI models. Some of that progress has been slow and steady, bigger models with more data and processing power behind them yielding slightly better results. But other times, it feels more like the flick of a switch, impossible acts of magic suddenly becoming possible. Kevin Roos from the New York Times in his article titled, We Need to Talk About How Good AI Is Getting. Welcome to season four of Safe Topics. In this series, we're talking about books. And other things. Yes, other things, but we're going to go deep on some books. Not like a full book review, but like a chapter by chapter review, which I guess adds up to a full book eventually. (laughs) Yes. And we're going to talk about anything else that makes us think about how we teach and why we teach. And we want you, the audience, to join us. Listen for details about how to do that at the end of this episode. All right, here we go. We're starting today because you sent me an article, Curry, about AI. Yep. A New York Times article by Kevin Roos, I believe you say his name, Roos. I think Roos. And the article, if y'all want to check it out, it is, we need to talk about how good AI is getting. Yep. So why'd you send this to me? Why were you thinking about this a lot? Well, I, so I, actually, backstory, mm-hmm. um, two faculty colleagues of mine um, we've been sending each other scary shit for a long time. <laughs> and it's like, it's in a folder in my browser called Black Mirror is Real. <laughs> oh, wow. So this is scary future shit. This is scary future shit. Oh, so it's kind of a hobby. Sense. It's kind of an interest. I also, in my English 202 composition class, this is kind of our subject is we look at just how technologies are used to share ideas and how those technologies not only allow us to shape and make changes, but how those technologies also shape us back in return. Wait, no, no. Now I have a question. Did you come up with the name Writing with Machines? Uh, yes. You came up with the name. I did. So Okay, so that is the... Pr- that is the... the well, tell us what it is. Yeah, so in my department, we have a community of practice, mm-hmm. uh, uh, composition colleagues who get together and talk about how we use technology to teach writing and reading. And so it's writing with machines, right? So you, these ideas have been flowing around for a while for y'all. Because just the name, writing with machines, right. already kind of, there's a dystopian kind of, like I, I feel kind of scared just hearing that title. Right. Yeah. And so, but I, so that's in my English 202 class in that community of practice. I like to get to places where like play with that fear. Like, okay, the, you know, the world is, of writing is changing. Everything will be ruined by text messaging, blah, blah, blah. But actually writing, we've always written with machines. Like you always use utility tools tool. to write. Writing is a technology. It's, but it's, there is a feeling of like with the machines that we write, typewriters, word processors and now you know we'll talk about the yeah. other things that are coming up yeah you know writing with machines it feels like we're losing something though it, that's always the fear right okay. that's the thing and you can go all the way through history from plato to when dickens was writing there's this great like editorial piece where people on trains are looking down in their laps and totally absorbed in this serial story and that's the the, the society is over right and now we teach dickens in like you know 
lit is classes. It, is it because we're not talking to each other? We're absorbed in the story? I think it's just change. I think we're, we're fearful of change. So, yeah, when people were staring at the newspaper or a magazine or a book. No, let's say they're doing that today. Yeah. We kind of look at, oh, they're reading. That's exactly. great. Exactly. At least it's but not a phone. But if they're looking at a screen, we're like, oh, yeah, we're geez. done. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the real, and, and we're going to get into this in this conversation, it's with these new technologies that we use uh, to create content. Mm-hmm. And this will take us back to the article. Um, is that a digression? Is that going to, are we losing things? Mm-hmm. Or is this just part of the natural arc? Is this just the next iteration of the writing technologies that we use? So would you say that writing is laborious? Yeah. Okay. So if that is something that we believe, was writing in the past more laborious than today? Totally depends. So when... Um, because maybe the ease, right? Like that's what's being taken yeah. away is the labor, right? right? Is what is well, assumed by ex- technology. Exactly. It's a great point. So, but when you look back at uh, Chinese cultures who invented paper, mm-hmm. right? And ink, that medium was actually fairly fluid to write upon. Mm. So it's still laborious to come up with the ideas, to master the sort of craft of the writing. Sure. Versus parchment, which took forever to make parchment out of animal skins. And to write on it was this sort of like, you, you had to actually like, drag your hand across it yeah it was laborious but it also allowed for more control Um, right roman cultures which used papyrus yeah they wrote letters to each other all the time like you could buy books and they were cheap right you couldn't do that with parchment because it was you know what i mean so like it's not it's not a time progression that was like it was laborious and then it wasn't it's the mediums you're using. But do you think they talked about how many words per minute they wrote? I mean, that's, that's now a skill in typing, right? The, I think, yeah, totally. hundred percent, you know, because like if your job uh, uh, was to yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. take the Bible from this page to put it on that page, you know, using parchment, you could only write so many words per day. Right. Sure. Right. Sure. And then everything else, like the printing press and okay, how it gets online. Go. That's all. There you go. That's all now just making copies. It's not the ideas. Yeah. So, yeah. so one thing I think we, and I hope we can dive into this. One thing I think we mean when we say we're losing something mm-hmm. is we're really talking about who has access to creating that content and consuming it. Mm-hmm. Because when it's this really exclusive, quote unquote, beautiful, elegant, either style or story or idea mm-hmm. that only a few people have access to, we have this sort of preciousness that we assign to it. Mm-hmm. But when it's this printing press and everybody has access to reading it and or now creating the content, we feel like it's lost something. Like the, when the masses get a hold of this technology and can use it, it's this sort of... It's lowbrow. It's lowbrow. Yeah. And when only a few have it, then it's... Right? So I think that's what we mean when right. we say this is ruining things. We mean more people can do it now. Right. And that's like anything else, right? Like now people can produce things in their homes that was exclusive to, let's say, the elite, right? Right. And now these are things that we are commonplace. Right. And so, okay, writing with machines, I, I just made that connection. Nice. You know, um, I mean, I always thought of the name as kind of like a little ominous, you know, to be honest. And then the image, if you ever go to the their, their blog, it's like the image that was on there with the... The robot hands. Yeah, the robot hands. Typing yeah. on a There's a very keyboard. black mirror-ish thing going on there. Yeah, intentional. Um, <laughs> but in the article, yes. the, he, he talks about uh, this Dolly 
two program that's yeah. an AI program that's on you know Salvador Dali and then also um, Wall-E the the Disney Pixar film yeah and how if you tell it anything right it will produce an image of whatever you tell it he says like I think it was like uh, a mobster taking a selfie in black and white or whatever. Right. And it produced this image. Right. And it's not retrieving this image from the internet. No. It is actually producing that image. Right. And it is scary good. I mean, that's that's really the bottom line. Exactly. So it's no longer just the masses. The masses have access to this technology and creating the content. It's now the machine itself can create this content. Right. So, Right. right. The artificial intelligence... And actually take what you're saying. Yeah. We're still, you know, devoid of consciousness, right? There's no consciousness here. Yeah. We're not talking about that. It just can, it recognizes the words you're using. And it takes some time. Yeah. It, it takes a few minutes, I heard. Yeah. And then it will produce this original thing, which is concerning for like the art. Yeah. The arts, right? And, right? and saying like, you know, if AI could produce art that is just as good or better than what people can produce... But we've kind of been dealing with this with writing. I want to get to the classroom, but right, I, right, think, right, I right. think we're making a slow move there because yeah. there there are articles that are written completely by AI. And I used to be able to tell. Like, I was like, this is really choppy. Sure, sure. But I, I've seen some now. And music is produced, right? Right. And so going to the classroom, um, I think about the ease of like designing my canvas class. <laughs> right. Right? Like, this is what I want it to look like, and then it looks that way. Totally. But also, if I'm, here's the prompt for an essay, or here's the assignment, now it's not, you know, worrying about selling, uh, 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 getting this to a third party that's going to write it for you. Right. It's actually just feeding it into the technology that is going to produce it for you. So it's not even, it's not even made by a person now, it's just going to be made by, by a machine by or a by machine. AI. Right. Yeah, algorithm. So I think then where where I want, how I'm thinking about this is, will these AI technologies be tools that we use? And we are still the innovators. We're still the designers. We're still the teachers, the learners. Mm-hmm. Or are these AI technologies somehow taking over? Like, like superseding that agency that we have in those spaces. Um, and so... Okay, so let's kind of go back real quick. So mm-hmm. this is sort of the why, you know, we're afraid of calculators in math classes. It's like you should be able to do this on your own. Sure. And if you use the, te- the technology of the calculator, it's actually thinking for you, right? So instead of you having that quantitative reasoning, the machine does it. So you're reliant on it, right? Right. And that, that might I'm, – I'm, you know, to an extent, I, I share that concern, right? Like how much but do we But is it the reasoning or the labor? But I guess it's both because you would argue that the practice of the labor part of it is what gets mastery and the recognition of patterns of being able to understand the concept fully. I think that's a great way to sort of draw a line. Okay. Right? Is it the labor or is it the reasoning? Right. Right? So here's an example. And and so let me just kind of put a a flag and like stake out my position. Yes. I'm not worried about this stuff. Okay. Not worried. I'm not. So the, the kind of algorithm that even Kevin Roos in his own, this own article, he has a link to a review that he, he didn't write. He had an algorithm write it for him Mm -hmm. and he sent it off and he had to tell the publication. I didn't actually write this. He had to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he makes that point and he has that link in that thing. So, 
So when our I'm students, sure his colleagues love that in this article. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when our students and they may already have access to this stuff. Yeah. Um, when they when I when they get to the point where I assign a paper and they get online and they type in paper is on exit west. The paper needs to take a position. Paper needs to bring three sources from a critical lens. Let's say uh, post-colonialism. Just types in these little markers, right? Right. Waits a half an hour and then gets kicked back an eight-page academic MLA formatted paper. Sure. I'm not worried about that. Do they read over the paper? This is why. (laughs) (laughs) Because they put in the stuff. Yeah. They waited, and then this fits out. I'm guessing they would read it, too. Yeah. So there's something going on there. Right. Okay, but go ahead. Well, they might not read it. They might just send it to me. Okay. But in my class, first of all, there's so much scaffolding to get to that kind of paper. Sure. So the student that does that move wasn't, like, part of that. Wasn't part of the journaling. Wasn't part of the discussion boards. Wasn't part of the... Uh, the drafting process where we saw the outline, we saw the steps, we saw the whatever. Right. And if they just turn in that paper, we're sitting down and having a conversation, right? Yeah. And in fact, now that I'm doing contract grading, you can't even pass the class if you're not doing some of this other labor work, right? Sure. Okay, so that's one check on this stuff. Uh-huh. Um, before I go too far, what, what do you think about that? Is that... I, well, I'm not even thinking... Okay, those are the checks, and I think you can design your courses in ways that... You know, with the scaffolding and with process kind of being the class yeah. instead of like just turn this essay in at the end or right. whatever point in the class. I'm thinking, why are we even asking people to come up with this stuff if things come up with it for them? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So in your class, you have like essays. And I, and I don't, and... I'm not, I'm not saying that there's no value in any of that. Right. I'm just saying like. I guess that's the next question is like, why are we asking people to do things that other things Because in other areas of technology, we've stopped asking people to do certain things because right. the technology takes care of it. Right. Right? Yeah. So, okay. So here, here, let me respond this way. We already are, and we have been for a while in English classes, using algorithms to help students write their papers. The, sure. The graphic organizer. The graphic okay. organizer is a template with blank spaces that mm-hmm. gives you a structure. And each of those blank spaces is a step. And it says, go find this kind of content mm-hmm. and input it in this kind of way. Which is just, yes. this is what the Wally thing is doing. You're telling it, go find these kinds of images, which it does. It goes to the internet and it finds the mobster, it finds the selfie, it finds the sepia tone. And yes. then puts it together in some kind of way. Right. So we, we have been teaching students to rely on algorithms to produce these papers for a long time and what we so when i worry about that for for forever my entire career is are students using that because it is a tool that helps with the labor or are they relying on that because they themselves don't have those logical faculties built up yet to make those moves themselves right are they relying on a calculator in an english class to think for them to get from this point to that point to this conclusion so you're saying it's like Mad Libs, but you get to read the thing first and then put words in. It's the easiest way to teach it. Yeah. And it's the easiest way to grade it. Because sure. Because all I'm doing is checking boxes. Did you put the right thing in there? In the right place. In the right tense or whatever, right? And we're not talking about, that's an interesting idea, but how did you get there? Right. We're not talking about. We're not talking about ideas. No. Or 
that works for me because I'm this kind of audience, but that's not going to work for that kind of audience. So what strategies might you use for that kind of audience, right? We're talking about like really penned in ideas. That's right. Right? That's right. Like you can have, you can put the adjective you want, but it's got to be an adjective there. Is that what I'm yeah. understanding? Yeah, right? exactly. The, okay. mad, the Mad Lib anal- analogy mm-hmm. is a great one. Yeah. So what about in your classes? What about writing in your classes? What kind of... Like, are you looking for, it has to be this format or it has to follow this kind of logical pattern or is it more content? It's more just demonstrate the knowledge or. Well, I like, I like having, you know, unique examples that they come up with right. and that are meaningful to them. Right. right. It doesn't have to be their personal life, but something that's meaningful to them. Right. Um, you know, I had an essay assignment years ago and I remember this, this, uh, gentleman who uh let's just say that this gentleman was not a young black girl from queens okay and i say that because <laughs> in his in his final essay he said when i was growing up as a young black girl in queens got it yes and so i was like oh okay what is this you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, this is either interesting or uh, stolen right <laughs> uh, you know I, I, more than anything, like, I don't want people to be stressing about deadlines. I don't want people to be stressing about, um, a lot of different things that I think other people care about probably more than me. And maybe I'm in the wrong for not caring about them as much. I really want them to apply the concepts in meaningful ways to them. Yeah. Make those connections because I trust that if, if we get people excited and, and confident about thinking and about expressing those thoughts, Right. then the other types of learning are going to be things that they want to do. Right. You know? Absolutely. And I don't teach a writing class. Right. But I have writing assignments. Yes. And so I don't want something produced by a machine. Yeah. I want your idea. Right. Right? Yeah. And, and I think that's where I put most of the focus so when they ask me certain questions like, does it got to be like this or like this? I just say, it's got to be from you. Right. That, that's my requirement. Right. It's got to be from you. Right. And you have to show me how you're doing this. And if you're doing it in an unorthodox way, if you're doing it in a way that I haven't seen before, right. I want to test the accuracy, you know, in terms of like, is it really applying this thing? And is this really the way this theory would be used in this instance? Um, is this really how this this framework would would explain this phenomenon, right? Those type of things. Um, but I don't necessarily care if uh, it's perfectly formatted. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have things like turn it in. You right. Know? Yeah. Okay. Actually, turn it in is a great example. Uh, that, that's that's a good thing to kind of bring in. There's a lot that you just said that I want to pull on, but but. So turn it in. You can use it in two totally different ways. Mm-hmm. Turn it in can just be the, the the gate at the end that the paper passes through, and it shows you oh there's stuff in it that's plagiarized, and you get dinged or not, mm-hmm. right? Or you can use it as part of the process, right? And let students use it to learn how to cite things and integrate things. Sure. Because even if they're putting quotes around it so we say that passes muster you're not really plagiarizing but it's highlighted and before it is not some kind of integrating introductory transitional phrase so things aren't weaving in or it's this like you look at the paper and these massive quotes 
Mm-hmm. You don't have a conversation about plagiarism. You have a conversation about how is this serving this moment in the text? Like, how are you using, how are you thinking about this? And how, how is this connect? Can you carry me into it? Can you, right? You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's, you know, of course, I am very much, you know, I do require that if you're using other people's ideas, which you're going to be doing in, in using your own ideas, you know, with them and, right. and, and applying these things, right. that you have to do this in this way right because this is what's been established and there's a big you know conversation about why that's important yes right yes and 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 maybe you don't think it's important but if you're going to continue on in an academic career even to get an undergraduate degree this is the way that it's going to be right it is but i think those are all thinking moves too I sure. mean, you and I right now are dialoguing with Kevin Roos, who's not in this space, but triggered my thinking and I sent it to you and it got you thinking about stuff. It's, he he has supplied us with some good things to point to. Some and we analogies. said his name, we said the title of the thing, yeah. and we're going to put that article in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but we're not doing it because that's the academic way we're doing things. Unless we've, we've kind of internalized that stuff, I guess, because you and I are academics, I guess. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, yeah. we're also doing it because this is cohesive, because it's helping me think about things. It's, it's you know, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. Yeah. So, so here's, here's let, me, let me ask you this. So in sociology, the, the lit review is important, yes? Very much. Okay. So if you have students who, uh, let's say the month before a paper is due, is reading several different articles mm-hmm. and they're using uh, uh, digital sort of screen readers to hear the article and read the article. Good. Okay? Yeah. And in that process, they are typing little notes to themselves by highlighting some text, mm-hmm. maybe digitally or writing it on paper. But that's helping them kind of, you know, it's a quick search, maybe control F, find the concept, whatever. So they're using tools to read this stuff. Right. Right. Okay. At the end of the month, they've got, let's say, five articles read and some notes on those things. Yeah. Would you be opposed then to an AI tool that was called Lit Review Generator, where the student said, here are my five articles, here are my notes, all sort of chunked out, not really cohesive. Submit and the AI generator created a beautiful lit review. Nice paragraph, everything formatted. Those little notes and chunks and things are now complete sentences. Sure. Representing this lit review, the student just engaged. Would that be cheating or would that be what? Well, I guess the question is if I just ask them, what what did you research and like what does it mean to you? Yeah. Would they be able to answer that? In addition to having this beautiful very polished and perfectly formatted lit review. Right. So for you, it's... it's would, would they be able to do that? That's what I'm asking you. In, in my scenario, yes. Oh, then yeah. Then that's great. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and just to be clear to the audience, like I have them do annotated bibliographies. <laughs> of course. I have them do lit reviews. There's, yeah. you know, the whole structure of a research paper and all of those kind of things, especially, you know, in... in Classes beyond introduction to sociology, I think when you're introducing something, right. you know, those are skills they probably don't need, to be honest with you, right? Right. right. But right. it may relate to the skills that they need in another area, whatever area they're, they're going to be emphasizing, majoring in, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to say, like, I'm totally like, like oh, just write whatever you want. Right. You know, there's going to be structure, but there is... Kind of routine, just kind of, I, I guess you, some people call them journals, right? Yeah. Or it's just like more informal type of writing 
that I just want to know how they're thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but when the formal stuff comes up, you know, that there's a lot of conversation over the how and why. Yeah. And so if they plugged everything in, but they could tell me that they looked at these articles and this is what they got from it. Yeah. But this was able to put it in a way that like, if they submitted it anywhere, it would feel legitimate. Right. Then, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't have a problem with that. Well, I think that, so again, going back to reasoning and labor, Mm -hmm. right? So a student who is, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, So a student who's Mm -hmm. able to reason through this lit review, uh, 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 deeply and and you know with comprehension about these things but struggles with the typing the spelling of the words the just because it's hard for me to start something you know well the citing is a chore the site the chore the labor the chore and for a, a lot of our students who understand this stuff we don't actually assess their understanding of it their ability to articulate it verbally what we assess is the lit review right what you wrote and does it conform to these conventions? And that's what you're saying in your class. It's about the process, the workshopping, those kind of things. Exactly. Yeah, I think that my classes are similar. It's like all the things we are doing together yeah. and the things that we're doing that's building up to a greater understanding of the world as opposed to this paper is what's important. Right. This lit review is what's important. The product. Yeah, and, and you know, now we have the... Uh, citation generators which aren't perfect but they are used that's right i think those are used far more than people are typing these things out yes of course so i i don't know like what okay can i say something really nerdy okay so mla came out with updates that that changed how they instead of these massive tomes that you look up how do i cite a song sure they just came up with a formula they said Tell us who the author is, tell us who the title is, and then tell us where you found it. Like, what contains it? Was it a journal, a publication, YouTube, right? So, just those three things. Web page. Web page, right? Okay. Okay. What's really interesting about this, here's where I get nerdy. Let's say you're going to cite a music video. Mm -hmm. And MLA said at the time, think about what you're writing about how you're going to use this source. Because when you cite a music video, who's the author? Is it the singer? Is it the choreographer? Is it the editor? Is it the sound producer? Does that make sense? Yeah. So citation is a space for thinking, for thinking about who do I want to cite when I point at this thing, right? Who do I want to call into the foreground? But guess what? I've tried to teach it like that. I have all these really cool like activities to get us to that space. No one gives a fuck because there's <laughs> these citation generators that are like at the end. All you want from me is a works cited page. So I don't care about that shit. <laughs> If I know the title of the music video, I'm done. Exactly. I'm done. Because I'm just typing that in. Yeah. And then it's doing it for me. Right. But yeah, that's for you because you are a professor of this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So just to round that off, if I had an assignment or just a discussion where I said, who's the author of this? Yeah. That'd be fascinating. They would Mm -hmm. follow me. We'd we'd have a great time. But what I was doing in that stuff was at the end is this product called a works cited page. Yes. And they're like, I know how to build that very quickly. And ultimately it doesn't matter as long as it's alphabetical and like this. Yeah. I get the points. So sure. In that sense, the product warrants the tool that allows it to be generated quickly without them thinking about it. And I'm actually fine with that. Right. Cause they don't need to be thinking about how many authors are listed before you just go, you know, you shorten it or, or 
is it is it the year or am I doing the page number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's yeah, yeah, the yeah. URL go? I went right. through thinking about what those authors said and how to treat that interestingly in their prose in a paper, right? And I guess that's what all technology is trying to accomplish, right? Is right. like what menial, what what kind of laborious things can we get done for us so that we can get to more leisure? No, it's the thinking about how to continually improve the world, right? Or or improve our own lives. That's right. Like we're trying to buy back time. That's right. Or buy more time by having something else do something for us. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately that this Kevin Roos article, that's the question. His, I think the main thing he says in there is we need to pay attention and ask these kinds of questions. As AI grows and technologies advance, are they improving our lives? Are they harming individuals? They're doing all of that stuff, right? Um, and so, so just kind of being mindful of technologies. I so think, I guess assessing and, and yeah. learning about what the understanding, you know, what our students are really understanding and what they're committed to learning is really what we're trying to do as opposed to saying that doing these this other work, that might, what we're saying is that, that might take it'll take them away from that. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your point is, and especially thinking about students, can you imagine writing emails to our colleagues without spell checker? Oh, no. Well, we didn't even get to like Grammarly and all of no, these other things, right? Yeah. Which, which I think are helpful. And then the screen readers and then the, the voice to text, yeah. all of these things. Or when you're writing an email now in Outlook, right. it, it, let me complete the sentence for you. Yeah. Just press tab. Right? That's like, right. It, and, and I'm like, that is my sentence, or I'm like, how dare you? That's not what I was going to say. Yeah, but that, that I see is just the next iteration, right? Like, so the first move was spell check. The move after that was completing sentences. The move after that is completing paragraphs. The move after that is completing papers. And it's all the same algorithm. It's all this predictive data set of language and this predict, prediction of what is the most likely word to follow it, which those things are pretty interesting in how they work. Like, they're pretty damn accurate. Um, and oftentimes I'm like, actually, that is what I was going to say. How do I do it? Is it enter? Is it click and fuck? Now I've wasted time. I could have just, but, but ultimately it's a tool that now I've become started using and I'll defy it. I'll be like, I am spelling it like that. Fuck you. Or no, I don't want to finish my sentence because I'm thinking I, yeah. it is helping me with my labor, but I'm still the one authoring this stuff. Right. But I just wonder also, okay, this is now it's going to. I think maybe save for a part two because I, I have something else I want to know. I want to know if you think writing more makes you a better writer. And I want to know if if writing more makes you a better speaker. And I want to know is your writing self anything like your speaking self mm -hmm. or are those two totally different curries sean's are these different people yeah when you're writing as opposed to when you're speaking and if there is this kind of dichotomy or split or bifurcation what does that mean and and is that authentic and is is the writing self should it be different than the speaking self and what does that mean for our students? Because both of those skills are heavily emphasized and always have been in, in our work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this should be part two. Okay. Because I think 
how we read also influences how we write and how we speak, how we listen influences how. And ultimately what I think is whatever technologies we choose to use, ultimately we internalize them in a way that transforms us, that changes us, that causes us to think and organize in ways that we wouldn't have done otherwise. And that's all technologies. That's the technology of paper, the technology of, of Twitter, the technology of the academic essay. The, those formats, we internalize them. Our brain starts working in those organizational modes in, in ways that we didn't before. And, and entertainment. And entertainment, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Sitcoms. Yeah. The, the humor of The Office if somebody has that style of humor that they've adapted or adopted rather from the office. Yeah. So they tell those kind of jokes and I'm not even talking about direct references, right? Right. Right. The right, right. cadence, yeah. the, you know, all, all the things that go into the, the kind of style of office jokes, yeah. right. Of yeah. from the office and you like the office. I do. No, no, I'm oh, saying yes, the, I, yeah, 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 someone yeah, likes yeah, the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might like this person because they can, they can replicate that or they can right. simulate that, gotcha. right? Yeah, I follow you. And, yeah. and it's not even like their own original humor, which I don't know what that would even mean. I don't think that's a thing. But but it's just because you're familiar with that right? type. Yeah. 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 And same thing with reading and everything else. Yeah. So next time, let's talk about reading. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what we're reading. Let's talk about what our students are reading. Mm-hmm. What are those mo- mediums? Um, and then we'll, we can loop back to... How does that... And if we're reading. And if we're reading. And are we just listening? Sure. Or are we just watching? And are those things different? Right. (laughs) And how does that shape who we are and how we interact with the world and others? Yeah. That sounds good. Cool. If you heard anything in this episode that has you thinking about how you teach, why you teach... Or if anything made you feel joyful or even mad, like you just yelled at your dishes or whooped while you were walking your neighborhood... I've done those things. <laughs> then we really want to hear from you. You can find us on the Twitter at Safe Topics. Let us know how you're responding to today's book stuff. Like, what did we miss? Or what did we totally get right? Or what questions did we raise for you? And best of all, how are you thinking about your teaching and students? We'll update what we're reading so you can read along if you want. And your feedback will shape our discussions as we go. We may even read some comments in the episodes to come. And not just the nice ones. Safe Topics is a safe setting for dangerous topics. That's right. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe. We've never really asked people to do that before. I know. I think it's cool, though. We're ready to be rated and subscribed Yeah, and big thanks to Kelly Burnett and the rest of the Safe Topics team for editing, producing, promoting, and all the other wonderful backstage stuff you do. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Now, I want to go back because um, I, said, I said phenomenon. Yeah. Now I'm like blanking. Is phenomena, is that the plural? No, phenomena is one? Phenomenons? No, phenomena, <laughs> right? With like the N-A? I think so. Is that the singular or the plural? Well, so see, we have a technological tool that would help us know this right I'm gonna now. Look, I'm going to look it up. See, no, I don't know it. I don't have it memorized. Uh, I, I, now we have to know. So what is it? What are you using to look it up? Googles? Yeah, I'm just Googling. <laughs> Phenomena definition. Phenomenon.
the plural is phenomena. That's not what I said. Because I, I was saying a particular phenomenon. I said that earlier in the discussion. And I was like, is that, is that the singular? Because then I said that wrong. Like, <laughs> well, see what I got caught up in? But I d- and then I lost track of like the ideas. Like I got yeah. derailed there for a second. Because gotcha. I was like, this, yeah. if someone hears this, right. I'd be like, this dumbass. Pure. Like criteria and criterion. That one always. Yeah. 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 Because one. Criteria. Yeah. No, that's multiple. <laughs> Did you just do that to fuck with me? Sorry. Okay. No, it's plural. Criteria is plural. I know. 